And welcome back. Episode 26 of the Pause Up Podcast. We are back better than ever after, I believe, a two-week hiatus is what it, what we went with, Jake. And Ooh. we are we're coming back banging. I mean, we have a very special guest with us. We are with FIU baseball head coach Rich Witten. Rich, I mean, Coach Witten, thank you for the time. We appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Glad to have you here. That uh, that intro video fired me up already. I'm ready for some FIU <laughs> athletics coming uh, coming soon because that's that's a great video, man. Some some good hype people in there. So I love to see what you guys got going on. Hell yeah, we're all we're all hyped up because, uh, <laughs> like Kevin said, we had a bit of a we had a bit of R and R for a couple of weeks, but we were brainstorming during that time. And Kevin and I, and and of course our good friend Jonathan Mayer, we've come up with some great ideas and. Uh, we thought, well, who better to get back on track with than uh, the man himself from FIU baseball? And of course, we've 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 already talked to a, a quite a fair share of players on the team. Of course, Alex Sanchez and, and and the Rhino. So let's talk to the big man himself. Yeah, I'm fired up, guys. I appreciate the opportunity. Johnny, what's up? Nothing much. Just in Orlando, finishing off strong. But uh, yeah, good good summer thus far. Yeah, so I think we, we just got to get going right away, I mean, Coach, and just talk a little bit about yourself before we even just get into FIU. So when you were growing up in Kentucky, when was that moment that, you know, you're like, this is what I want to do. I want to play baseball. And, you know, obviously the coaching part comes later on in your career, I would assume. Yeah, sure. I, I think, you know, growing up in a small town in Kentucky, um, you know, I don't think we were too specialized in sports back then, you know, where it was it was as, as crazy as it is now with, um, you know, specializing in travel ball and, and, you know, different types of training that you see a lot uh, of times right now. So I was you know, I played every sport that I could possibly, um, you know, play growing up. If it was, you know, a tennis racket or a golf club or, you know, a basketball, football, you know, soccer ball. Um, obviously baseball ended up working out, you know, well, well for, for myself as, as, you know, as, as what my whole life has been involved with. Um, but, you know, I grew up in, like I said, in Kentucky and played, um, basketball, football, and baseball in high school. I ended up playing, uh, just football and baseball my last three years in high school. And, um, but, you know, I came from a family of, of people that played sports, enjoyed sports, um, were athletic and loved being outside and, um, you know, my sister was actually, you know, a tennis player at the University of Kentucky. And so, um, you know, it was, it was a, a lot of traveling for our family, you know, growing up to different tournaments and, um, you know, but that uh, <clears throat> I, I think the decision to, you know, to coach certainly kind of came later in my career. But um, I loved all sports. I loved competition. I loved the brotherhood behind it. I loved the life lessons that you learn, um, you know, through through playing even different sports other than baseball. You know, I think when you you know, I, I played quarterback on, on the high school football team, and I think you learn leadership skills. I think you learn communication skills. I think, you you know, you're around different types of people. You're around different styles of coaches. And so, um, you know, you get opportunities for a lot of different people to help mold and, and form the way you, you know, you want to be as a player. And then ultimately, you know, what I've, what I've now become as a coach as well. So, you know, I love, I love being, you know, well-rounded, being versed in different sports and different types of, um, you know, leadership styles and roles. So. Um, that's that's a little bit about the background and, and growing up in Kentucky. Yeah, I, I saw that Danville All State quarterback. <laughs> so so did, did did you throw left handed or right handed? First thing I, I need to know, Rich. Righty, yeah, righty all the way. Righty. Yeah, right, okay. Right so all the way. when you have a title of All State quarterback, what, what what made you choose baseball? Was it was it a coin toss or or what ultimately <laughs> made you decide baseball is what I'm going to pursue? 
Yeah, I think I, you know, baseball was something that I had really just done my entire life. It was truly second nature. Um, I actually picked up football a little bit later in life. I think it was okay. it was like seventh grade. I started playing football and, um, you know, really fell in love with the sport. And, um, so truthfully, I, I think I was probably just better at baseball and had more mm-hmm. opportunities at it. Um, so that may have been where my my initial decisions came from. But um, I love football. I love high school football. There's something special about it. And obviously, I love college and pro football as well and love what, you know, Coach Mack and the boys at FIU are doing. But, um, you know, when you're playing high school football in a small town and it's Friday night lights and you're there with your buddies and, um, you know, the whole town shows up, it's a, it's a fun event, special memory that you have. Um, you know, I played for two, two state championships um, in high school football. So, you know, some really, really fun memories of, of playing those days. And, um, you know, the teammates and the brotherhood that comes along with it, I think, is probably a little bit different than, than most of the other sports um, out there. So I love football, but I was just a little bit better at baseball. And so uh, I think that kind of, you know, dictated some of my, you know, paths and, and career choices as well. But, um, you know, baseball was something that I can, you know, uh, my first memories include baseball. You know, my first memories in life include, you know, r- running and catching balls in the backyard or throwing it as far as you can into a cornfield or um, hitting the ball off of a tee and, and you know, chasing it and running it down. So, um, I, I think baseball really is 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 a is a is a sport that's become second nature to me from um, some of my earliest memories. Right. So so go, going a bit into so, some college baseball, of course, for uh, playing for the uh, Coastal Carolina Chanticleers, and um, throughout your four year throughout your four, actually I believe five years spent there, uh, two over two hundred games played, uh, one hundred ninety three hits. Um, and 17 home runs, some pretty good stats. And uh, I just got to know off the top of your head, what do you think was your marquee game with your, with your time in coastal Carolina? Yeah, that um, I can, I can still see, uh, you know, the vivid memories from this game that I'll tell you about. It was, uh, it was in a regional championship game Uh, in 2010. We hosted a regional. Um, and we're the number one seed, and we were actually in the final championship game. It was um, it was us versus the College of Charleston. Each team had one loss, so the winner moved on to Super Regionals. Um, you know, I, I remember uh, the at-bat in the moment. That'll certainly stick out most in my head. Um, you know, it was the bases loaded. We were down by two uh, in the sixth inning. It was bases loaded, one out, got a 0-0 hanging slider, and hit a grand slam to put the team up by two, uh, you know, late in the game there. And, um, we went on to win that game and, and move on to Super Regionals. And, um, there were a lot of fun memories that, that went along with that game because it ended up – the game ended up getting tied back up, um, you know, and, and there was a crazy play to actually, you know, finish the game. It was um, – there was two outs and a runner on third base, bottom of the ninth, and a ground ball actually deflected off our pitcher's glove. Shortstop came up, barehanded it, um, and, you know, if that run scores, the game's over. They go to Super Regionals. Um, the, the shortstop barehanded, I was playing first base. I dove, uh, up the line to hold the base, held the base, bang, bang, play umpire called him out. Um, uh, I think every, almost every coach on Charleston staff, uh, got tossed on the call. Um, and our team erupted into celebration. Um, you know, we do have, we do have picture and video evidence to prove the umpire got it right. I will, I'll go to my grave and say the umpire got it right. There may be uh, some coaching friends of mine that are that are still in the game that we talk about that play sometimes with, but um, you know we ended up actually winning that game in the tenth inning and, and went on the super regional. So um, very fun and memorable game for sure from from my playing career. 
Yep. And one thing that I saw, Coach, is up to 200 games, but you started your freshman year as a pitcher. You threw five innings against Virginia Tech, uh, ironically. And what was that like? I know you're a two-way guy, and then um, what was the transition like to become then a, a only hitter after you know pitching in your first freshman season? Yeah, I, I loved pitching. Um, I loved, you know, the, the competition and, and the, the control of the game that you have when the ball's in your hand on the mound. Um, I, I, I enjoyed the, I think the style and the mentality that I had as a pitcher because I was a little bit of a, of a position player pitching. So, you know, there were certainly, um, you know, a, a plenty of intensity on the mound, I think, when, when I was out there. Um, lots of energy and, and, you know, very animated and emotional as a pitcher, um, kind of having a position player background. But, uh, you know, I loved pitching, and I did. I, you know, I, 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 true freshman year, I started that game on opening weekend on the mound. Um, you know, and, and just truthfully, it was a situation where injury setback after injury setback became uh, too much to overcome and, and really got faced with the decision. Um, you know, in my career, I'll, I'll try and keep the story as brief as possible, but um, it has shaped, you know, who, who I was as a player. It shaped who I am as a person. It's, it's shaped the kind of mentality I think you, you know, you, you can understand it for a different perspective um, when you go through something like this. After, after my freshman year, I was, I was having a lot of lingering arm problems. Ended up finding out that I had a torn labrum um, in my shoulder, uh, got that repaired. Uh, which anyone who's been through that in your shoulder knows that's a, you know, it's a grueling rehab and a, and a longer rehab process. I was um, about 13 months out of that surgery and found out that, you know, through the back end of that throwing program and rehab that I'd actually torn my UCL um, in my elbow. And so I was faced with, um, <clears throat> you know, a real, a real career altering decision where I was either going to have another surgery, be out another, you know, 10 to 18 months and, and fix the UCL um, you know, or, or rehab it as good as possible and become more of an isolated position player. And, um, you know, as a 19 or 20 year old, you know, having to, to make decisions like that can, um, you know, really change your outlook on the game and, and, and really it, it can certainly change your perspective on things. And, um, you know, it, it also is a, it's a huge point of adversity to go through, you know, at that time in your life, I've, I've always, you know, I think, you know, when you, when you compete at high level athletics, most of your life, you're always, um, you know, for instance, Rich Witten, the baseball player, or, you know, Johnny Smith, the baseball player, or the football player, that's a real part of your identity. And when you go through adversity like that, you, you do tend to lose sight of, you know, a little bit who I am. And, you know, what am I about? What do I have other than baseball? What else do I have, you know, other than this game that I love so much? And, um, you know, how else do I identify myself with, you know, as, as a son or you know, a brother, now a husband, things like that. I think it does give you some perspective early on in your life um, about different types of adversity that can come your way. And I was faced with that. And um, I love the game too much. I'm a ball player. I love pitching, but I couldn't sit out another year. Um, if I had any other option to get back out onto the playing field, I wanted to take advantage of that. So um, rehab my arm the best I could and, and kind of played through that for the next, uh, you know, three years with, um, you know, a, a repaired uh, shoulder, but, you know, a bum elbow at times. And, um, you know, so that's, uh, that's the story behind that, but I loved pitching, um, uh, you know, got some tough breaks on the, on the injury side of it, but you know, everything happens for a reason. And, and looking back, I feel probably, you know, more equipped to be, you know, a head coach than, than I can have ever imagined because I have such experience on both sides of the baseball. Um, obviously I've spent more time on the, on the coaching and development side with hitters, with infielders, with catchers. Um, you know, but I do understand a lot of times what goes into the pitching side and maybe mentalities that can come behind it. So, 
um, I do think there's a unique perspective that can come out of that as well, you know, because most head coaches come up as kind of either or, and maybe, you know, they lack for some feel and, in the opposite area that maybe they're they're more familiar with and have experience in. So I think that's given me um, a nice perspective as I've, I've become a head coach over the last year. Yeah. Can you talk about coaching? When did you in your baseball playing career, you know, thought that, you know, coaching is a possibility down the long-term, long-term for you? Uh, yeah. When I got a call from Kevin Schnall asking if I wanted to do it, um, that, <laughs> you know, I, I hadn't ever really thought about it. I think, you know, I was, I had just turned 23. I had just graduated, um, was playing pro ball, and actually was calling um, a former coach of mine and a friend of mine now um, to congratulate him on a new position. Um, and while on the phone call congratulating him on the new position, he um, mentioned that there was an opening there on that staff uh, for the director of operations. He felt like that was something that, um, you know, I would I would be good at if I was interested in it. And, um, you know, I kind of got off the call and, and once again had a, you know, had a moment where there were, um, you know, some some major life decisions to make. And did I want to start a coaching career? Did I want to try and continue playing? Um, and obviously, you know, I, I did end up taking the job. Um, and certainly the rest is history. So we can we can walk through any of that stuff. But um, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do other than play baseball. Um, and so when, you know, I, I'd always wanted to, I, academics were important to me. Both my parents were teachers. Um, yeah, I actually had them both in school. You know, one was a as an English teacher and one was a science teacher. So, um, you know, came from a family where, where education was prioritized. Um, always wanted to strive to make good grades and take advantage of the degree that I was going to get. But, um, you know, when it came down to really what I wanted to do with it, I, I couldn't say that I knew exactly what I wanted to do. Um, and when I had some conversations about getting into coaching, it was a great opportunity and something I wanted to explore um, and, and really have fallen in love with it ever since. So you get into coaching for a couple of years, you go to VCU, you're their hitting coach, and all of a sudden, FIU needs a new uh, head coach. So just talk us through the process of how they got to you and just the process of, you know, eventually now becoming the head coach of FIU baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think FIU, first of all, you know, in my first year, I'm, I'm absolutely loving it. Okay. Our, our, I love the program. I love the area. I love this university. Um, the people I work with, you know, the administration on, on campus, I just uh, my, my wife and I and our new family are just absolutely in love with South Florida, in love with Miami. And um, I'm having a blast. I, I really am. It's been fantastic and just um, very memorable first season and, and just can't wait to get into it more. So I'm really enjoying it. But really, you know, when it came down to, um, you know, becoming the, the next you know head coach interviewing for, for the head, head position, I think. Um, you know, I think anyone that's familiar with Miami, familiar with South Florida, familiar with FIU understands um, that, it, that it does have its own unique pros and cons at FIU. And unless you've lived in South Florida or lived in Miami, um, recruited South Florida, recruited the state in general, um, you know, been around Miami baseball, been around local fans, been around local alumni, um, you know, unless you have been in this area for some amount of time and have familiarity and have relationships, um, there are specifics to this job that are both pros and cons. Um, mm-hmm. And I felt like my experience, um, you know, certainly uniquely qualified me, uh, you know, to understand a lot of, you know, kind of what goes on behind the scenes with, with what needs to be, you know, with what needs to happen here at FIU to, for this program to be successful and what needs to get better, what areas can we improve in, um, you know, and, and I, so I felt like I had a unique experience of having, you know, a Miami baseball experience and background where I was very comfortable in this area, very comfortable recruiting the players that we're going to get here. 
um, and, and very comfortable in a lot of ways, but also, um, you know, was enough of an outsider to bring a new vision into the program and to bring new ideas in and to maybe, you know, lead in a different way that, that, you know, can really relate to the players the way that we need to them to relate. So I felt like I was someone um, who was very uniquely qualified to, uh, you know, have some outside and, and new ideas, um, you know, and, and a very firm belief system and, and how I wanted to run a program, but also, you know, the comfortability and experience and being in Miami before and, and spending a lot of time here recruiting in Florida in general. Um, so it was it was a really attractive opportunity for me because, uh, you know, I, I, I've always loved South Florida. I love Miami when I lived here in the past. I always hoped for a chance to, to come back to this area and to, and to stay in the game while doing it. So, um, you know, it was it's, it's been an unbelievable experience and very, very, very grateful and very blessed for it every day. And really, there's not there's not a day that goes by that, you know, that I'm not I don't realize how, how lucky and fortunate I am to, to be a part of this program and, and a part of the athletic department. So we go through to your first season at FIU. You end up with a 21 and 34 overall record, even 22 in the conference. You know, now that you've had a couple months to kind of reassess just your overall thoughts on, on, on your first season with FIU. Sure. Well, you know, that that'll never be our goal. That record will never be our goal. Um, you know, our, our, our vision and our future has, has our, as our sights set very, uh, you know, certainly higher, you know, than, than that record. But I am very proud of what we did in our first year um, because it's, it's, you know, you have to speak in terms of, of relevance and, and, you know, where we started and where we got to. Um, and, and when I look at where the program started from the day, I, you know, day one as, as head coach and who we had coming back and who we had coming into it to, you know, where we got, you know, to in August, which, and then where we got to, um, you know, in November, you know, really, I, I think it was a, it was a very process oriented fall. Um, you know, it was a very culture driven fall. It was a very standard driven fall. Um, and so really installing, you know, the things that were going to be most important to us, what we were going to prioritize, how we were going to go about our work, um, what kind of teammates we were going to be, what kind of students we were going to be, you know, really implementing all of those philosophical ideas that you know are going to be important to your program and that you want to make sure your players um, understand and know in your program. That's really, um, you know, something I was proud of that we were able to, you know, implement pretty much from, you know, from August to November. Um, you know, it's, it started in, in the weight room, you know, with having great culture, great energy in the weight room. You know, it translates onto the field, having great, you know, player development systems that, that, that we meet a high standard with every single day, learning how to work, learning, you know, that extra time is, is you know, is necessary, you know, for us to get where we want to go, whether it's hitting, whether it's pitching, whether it's on the, um, you know, the physicality side of things. So, um, you know, really implementing the, the standard that we, what we needed to do and how we needed to do it every single day was something that was really important into the fall. And, um, that, that I was, I was very proud of the fall that we had and where we got to, you know, moving into the springtime. Um, you know, I think we had, you know, we, we, we did some first early in the season, you know, we had a couple of ranked wins, um, you know, that were huge ranked wins. We had the longest winning streak the programs had. And I think, you know, Jonathan may be able to quote me on it, but I think the longest winning streak in five or six years, um, you know, we had that early in the season. Okay. There we go. See, I knew you'd have it. Yeah. (laughs) You're my stack guy, Jonathan. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so we, you know, we had a great start to the season and I think it was very rewarding for the players to, you know, to, to, they bought in, you know, better than I could ever have hoped for in the fall and and for them to see some success come their way early in the season. Um, I was just really, really happy for them, you know, because we were a new staff and, and they were a new team, you know, we were new to each other. 
Um, you know, I was new to them and they were new to me. And so, um, you know, we, we really did a great job throughout the fall making some huge improvements. And, and so it was really, really rewarding to see them, you know, commit to a new staff, a new group of people, a new way of doing things, um, and then see them get rewarded for it early in the season were, were some really, really fun memories of mine. Um, and, and obviously, you know, we're going to keep taking steps in the right direction from an overall record standpoint. But, um, you know, we, we did things in the program that, you know, they haven't been done in the last couple of years. I'm very proud of. I know just from 22 to 23, our RPI, you know, nationwide RPI jumped, I think, almost 90 points nationally um, just in one year from a strength of schedule, win standpoint, things like that. So that was, you know, that was huge for our program and our team. And, um, you know, so very, very proud of, of what we were able to do in year one. But, um, you know, very, very far away from being satisfied, you know, or that being the standard of where we're going to go to. I, I expect, you know, I, I expect the biggest jump, you know, to be coming in the very near future for the program. Yeah. So uh, um, as you had mentioned, um, that season featured a lot of ups and and, uh, and a lot of downs <laughs> as well. But I'm just curious uh, if if you had to pick out one game from that season in which you were most proud of your guys and uh, the overall resilience of the team, what would it have been like, like the defining game of the FIU Panthers in 2022? Yeah, I think it was, uh, it, it was in a walk-off win against Harvard. Uh, you know, I think it was, you know, the fourth weekend uh, of the year, um, you know, we had, we had, come from behind, um, you know, significantly multiple times throughout the game. Um, you know, that's something that we had talked about as a group a lot throughout the year was being able to fight through adversity, recognize when negative things are happening, find the ability to, to eliminate the negative momentum, get back onto the positive side of things, face struggle, face hard times, and, and bust down through the door of, of those types of situations. And so, you know, to see them – you know, fall behind, you know, go down, take a lead, go down again, take a lead, go down again. And right. so it was this type of back and forth game where they had they had opportunity after opportunity to quit or to give up and just say, we, you know, we did all we could. That's it. And they didn't do it. And they just kept coming back and kept coming back. Ended up having a walk off win, um, a come from behind win to finish off um, a sweep, a four game sweep of the series. Uh, you know, was a, was a very, very great memory of mine, very fun memory and a very proud memory, too, because it was a culmination of things that we had talked about a lot throughout the year was the ability to overcome negative momentum that can that that will happen to you. And it's inevitable that those things are going to happen and um, eliminating that, finding a way to get back onto the good side of things and, and, and having the belief that you can come back, um, you know, I, I think was huge for our team, huge for our program. And, um, you know, and, and, and that team was a very good team. You know, there were a lot of teams that we played early in the season. Uh, you know, it was George Mason who ended up, you know, being in a regional. You know, Harvard was competing for the Ivy League championship. They had a couple of draft picks, um, you know, that were on the mound from off that team. And so, you know, we were playing some, you know, some teams. They weren't, in, they weren't in Conference USA, but some really, really quality teams early on. So um, it was fun to see our guys compete in that game in particular. Mm. Coach, I want to ask you, I think, about the pitching. Something Johnny and Jacob and I have I, I kind of spoke about throughout the season was really the pitching. At times, it looked like it was a little bit inconsistent, especially with the bullpen towards the end of the games where it seemed like you guys had a pretty clear lead and you guys would lose it. Just looking back at it now, what are some things maybe you could have done differently to I mean, not not avoid that because, you know, obviously that's, they're just, that's what they do on the field, but kind of see 
notice that you know this is something that kind of happens to us and you know it's at some point costs you the game yeah I, you know i think one of the things that we had to do you know as a coaching staff you, you you have to evaluate your team in two different ways okay you have to evaluate your team based on what you see in practice and then you have to evaluate your team based on what you're going to see in the game um and and because practice is going to let you know and teach you what your guys can do you know what their ability level is what you know what you can expect out of them into the season you know, when you get into the game, you're going to figure out what they can actually do, you know, and, and who can thrive under the pressure and who can thrive in the competition and what role can we put this guy in to be most successful. And someone that, you know, that I think of right off the top of my head, um, you know, is Ryan Kabarkas and kind of how his role changed throughout the season. And so, you know, so for us as a staff, we're, we're learning about a, a team, you know, that had obviously returning players from the year before. We're also learning about a team of some incoming pitchers that we had recruited and brought in in a short amount of time. And so, um, you know, we were evaluating and also, you know, ourselves trying to learn, you know, who's best for this situation, who might be great into this scenario. And so, um, you know, I think it was a learning process for us as a staff as well, which is always going to be the case. You're always going to be a constant learners of your own team, um, you know, but I think finding, you know, exactly the right roles, for us was, was very important. I think something that every coach wants to do and is very important for every coach is, is to put your players in the best position for them to be successful. Um, you know, obviously you want to coach them, you want to push them, you want to get everything you can out of them, but it's your job to make sure that, you know, maybe someone's more successful hitting in the two hole, maybe someone's more successful hitting in the three hole or the four hole, or someone's more successful out of the bullpen or as a starter. Um, and so for us, you know, trying to make sure we were finding guys to put them in the best positions for themselves um, to be successful was was a learning process for, for us and our staff. Um, you know, and I think we kind of found that with Kabarkas, you know, to the back third of the season where um, he was maybe doing a little bit more of, of starting early in the season um, yeah. and really dominating, you know, kind of in, in a three to five inning role. Um, you know, and I think maybe we found towards the back half of the season that, you know, if we had a lead in the seventh or eighth inning, he was our go-to guy, and he could bring it home for us. You know, if there's six to 12 outs left in a game, there's not many better people, uh, you know, to, to win a baseball game late in pressure situations than, than Kabarkas would have been. Um, you know, and if he didn't get an opportunity to, you know, to impact the game on Friday or Saturday, then, hey, let's start him on Sunday and see, see how much we can get out of it. Yeah. Um, you know, and so that's kind of an example of somebody I think back to. And, and putting them into different situations. I know, um, you know, Tibu, Angel Tiburcio had been pretty much a career bullpen guy. Um, yep. and, and, you know, I think for us, you know, getting him into, you know, a starter role was a fun opportunity for him. And, um, you know, he, he really had a nice a nice part of the season with, with several quality starts back to back to back. Um, you know, had one or two outings there um, in the middle part that inflated his numbers a little bit. But, you know, he was someone who – you know, had been a certain guy for four years straight. And, and you know, we came in and talked to him about, you know, uh, a different opportunity or a different role, and, and he seemed to really embrace it and thrive in it. You know, he's a guy, he's, his velo held up, you know, over five or six innings. He didn't just blow it out for one or two, and his velo, his velo was consistent through, throughout an extended pitch count. Um, he was a strike thrower. He, he kind of pitched to contact earlier in counts, kept pitch counts down. Um, and so, you know, it just ended up, you know, he's a – He's a guy that I think stereotypically you envision in the back end because he's, you know, he's a power arm. He's a big guy. He's got physicality. He's got a low to mid-90s fastball. He's got power stuff. And a lot of times you envision those people into the backside. But, um, you know, I think for him maybe a, a different 
you know, a different way to attack the game on the mound was was something that I think was a was a nice change for him and something he found success in as well. So, yeah, I was, I was telling. I think it was the Western Kentucky game. It was either a fr- I think it was a Friday game where it was Tiburcio starting and you and you went. I think this is the <clears> first <throat> time you'd done it where you went with Kabarkas. And I was telling Johnny, I really like this move. You're going with a two starter kind of mentality and two guys who are going to give you length. And obviously, it worked. You know, Ryan I think reached 40 RBI that game. It was a great move there, and I think that's definitely something I would, I would love to see moving forward. And I want to ask you in terms of pitching, obviously, um, new pitching coach, Karsten Whitson, just talk to us a little bit about him and what he's bringing to the table for FIU. Yeah, Karsten's going to be a good one. Um, you know, really excited about him being, being you know, being a part of our staff. You know, right away, um, he's made a huge impact, you know, in recruiting. You know, we've hired him very recently, and um, you know, I'm in the office by myself right now because, you know, our, our, our terrific assistants are, are in Atlanta, Georgia recruiting right now. You know, Coach Duralleman and Coach Whitson are, are there recruiting right now, you know, finding some future Panthers on the road, grinding it out. So, um, you know, see, he's, yeah, he's, you know, Carson's already made a huge impact in recruiting. He's very familiar with the state of Florida. Um, you know, he, he, he came to work right away, you know, the day, the day he became official, you know, it's, you know, we had depth charts, we had call lists, we had people we needed to get on. We talked about, you know, our new needs and, and, and people he felt like could fit those needs. So he, he has totally jumped in without missing a beat, um, right into the middle of the summer here. So he's making a huge impact on the recruiting side, um, you know, assisting, assisting J row. Um, you know, on that side of things, who who does a fantastic job with it. But, um, you know, he's going to be somebody you want to pitch for, you know, and he, he's, yeah. he's, he's, he's a fun guy in the recruiting process. Um, you know, he's a fun guy to pitch for. I think he likes to keep it creative. He likes to keep it fresh. Um, he likes to change things up on the pitching side and, and make sure guys are staying excited about what they're doing, getting new ideas, different information, um, communicating it in different ways. He's, you know, I, I think for me it's very important to find someone in today's game who is a blend of the old school and the new school, because let's face it, you know, there's, there's nothing that's ever going to, you know, top, top old school mentality. It's just, you know, it's, it's as good as it gets. You got to have it, man. You, you know, so you, you got to be able to have some competitiveness and some old school soul um, in your heart to play this great game. But, you know, there's a lot of data, there's a lot of technology, there's a lot of information out there right now um, that, you know, if you don't, if you don't stay on top of, um, you know, you're not, you know, you're going to be missing the boat. You're going to be falling behind. And so, uh, you know, he's one of those guys who, who's the perfect age range to, um, you know, be very knowledgeable, um, be able to coach, be able to understand what's important, what's not important, what we need to implement, what we don't need to worry about, um, you know, on the cutting edge side of the game. And that's, you know, that's data, that's analytics. We can dive into it as much or, or as little as you want as you want to, but, um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, very, very new age data that you can talk about now that you can coach to, that you can recruit with, that you can develop with, um, you know, and he's one of those guys that's got the blend of, of old school and new school. So I know our guys are going to really enjoy working with them. And he's an experienced guy. He's been at the college side at the highest level on the pro side, um, you know, and, and so we're, we're really excited for him to be a part of it and, and can't wait to see him get with our guys this fall. Let's talk about the the ones that they're throwing to the catchers, and that's the depth I've been intrigued a lot. You know, a guy like Brendan Aroni, Ronnie Medina, Nick Patelli, and obviously incoming freshman Jacob Kenzie, who I've seen play here in Sanford, and has the bat is really good for him. Talk about the depth for the catching side. It looks like a lot of really solid guys you have coming this year. Yeah, sure. You know, you you know, catcher depth is always something you're going to be fortunate to have. 
um, because you're always a foul tip away from the next guy up. You know, you're always, you know, one one wrong one wrong catch away from you know the next guy being in there. So um, you always want to have depth. And, and and listen, you know, you 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 play double headers, you play five game weeks, you have double midweeks, you're on the road, you travel. Um, and and so for us to keep our guys in great shape, you want to have um, you know two or three guys that are rotating very frequently back there. Um, you know, we we had those rotations last year, and um, you know where Ronnie and and Rooney were splitting a lot of the time. Um, and, you know, it kind of shifted the dynamic up and shifted throughout the year based on, um, you know, how guys were playing, who was healthy, things like that. Patelli's been a guy that's, um, you know, he's a great team guy and, and does a really nice job defensively behind the plate and someone that, you know, we'll have back next year. So, um, you know, and, and Jacob's, a, you know, Jacob's a young one and he's going to be talented. He's got the tools, um, you know, but it's a it's a it's a very tough position, you know, for young guys to, to, to impact immediately back there. So we're going to really make sure that we get him up to speed very quickly, um, you know, get him communicating, get him vocal, make sure that, you know, that everyone on the field knows that these guys behind the plate are, you know, are running the show, you know, from a defensive standpoint. And so, um, you know, we're going to have we've got great guys back there. We're going to have great competition um behind the plate and you know as a coach when you got you know great people talented kids and um you know multiple guys that can get the job done it's going to breed competition which is ultimately going to be really healthy for our program and 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 bring out the best in each of those guys as well um you know it's 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 always a very special group a lot of times these you know catchers end up being some of the tightest tightest knit guys on the team um you know they're 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 their own little group in a way and so it's, it's really fun to see these guys. Um, something that I'll commend the, these guys on is, is their ability to compete with each other when ultimately one's playing at a time. There's one guy that catches every single day. And so one of you are going to play every single day, um, you know, and so one, one person's going to get the majority of this time. Um, but the way these guys encourage each other, the way they push each other, the way that they get along, um, you know, I'm really proud of them. And it speaks a lot to, the type of people they are, um, you know, and not just the type of players they are. Well, okay. I, I, I think it's time for a quick break, if you will. A uh, pause up podcast news break. Of course, a quick look at some of the latest events in FIU athletics and just FIU in general. So, Let's start in the MLS, where former FIU Panther Stephen Afrifa made his first MLS start when he kicked off for Sporting Kansas City uh, against Austin FC a few days ago. Uh, in total, he racked up 45 minutes of playtime in a 2-1 to loss to Austin, but still, congrats to Afrifa for making his first ever start in the big leagues. Now, moving on over to the NFL. After two USFL championships for the Birmingham Stallions, Former FIU quarterback Alex Magoo has signed with the Green Bay Packers of the NFL. Magoo, who began his professional journey with the Seattle Seahawks before moving on to the USFL, has put up impressive stats in his USFL career, including a recent MVP trophy, and will look to join fellow Packer quarterback Jordan Love uh, for Green Bay. And finally, a new class that students can enroll in was recently announced by FIU called MMC 3936 RVD Special Topics Messi and Miami Summary. The description of this class reads, 
an exploration of Lionel Messi's first season in Major League Soccer with Inter Miami and its impact across South Florida. Now, this just sounds like a fun class to me, so if it's something you're interested in, then I urge you to go check it out. And that was your news break. All right, so let's jump into uh, let's just jump into some other topics for FIU baseball. Let, let, let's talk a bit about Ryan Guida, who is having a uh, phenomenal summer over in the Valley League. I just got to know, Coach, have you been able to keep up with him and, and what he's been doing so far so far with the uh, Valley League? Yeah, the Guids. Everybody yeah. loves it. They calls them the Guids. Um, yeah, no, I absolutely. We we you know I, I've talked to Ryan several times throughout the summer. Uh, you know, summer ball is an important part of, of development in our program. And, um, you know, he played summer ball last summer. And he's, he's been a guy that's always hit no matter what. You know, everywhere he's ever been, whether it's high school, junior college, summer ball, FIU, he's always hit. And, and there's something to that. You know, there's certain guys that just have the hit gene. And, and Guida, Guida certainly got it. So um, he's having a great summer, been following his stats. He just capped it off with another, you know, a four for five night or something like that. So. Um, you know, and I think a grand slam in there. So, um, no, I've, I've been keeping track with him, him and him and uh, Rooney are actually on the same uh, summer team right now. So they're playing together, um, you know, and, and having a good time and both having really nice summers for us. So, so yeah, we, we like to certainly stay in touch and monitor our guys in a lot of these summer leagues throughout the country, which we, you know, we do have guys kind of scattered all throughout in different parts of it. But he's having a great summer. I'll, I'm, I'm going to cue in Johnny because he has to go to to work for the river ads real quick so i'm gonna let him ask his final questions yeah i mean uh i was gonna ask about um maybe just a little bit about the players coming in i know you know um maybe the recruits or other guys maybe jugo transfer maybe talk a little about a lot of the additions coming in um to the program this year yeah absolutely i think um you know one of the fun parts for me is that our incomers um, you know, have a lot of diversity to them. And what I mean by that is they have, they come from different parts of the country. They're all different ages right now. You know, we got one or two grad transfers. We got one or two guys with one year of eligibility left from the transfer portal. We've got lots of great junior college players and we've got high school players coming in. So, um, you know, it's been a really fun recruiting class for us to put together with guys from all over the country. Um, you know, all different types of backgrounds. They're coming in at all different ages that have all kinds of different experiences, um, you know, in the game. And so it's, it's a fun part of it for us. Um, you know, starting with our high school class, um, you know, I can kind of break that down a little bit. But we've got, um, you know, a pair of a pair of big body Pennsylvania arms that have come down, uh, you know, to pitch in the warm weather. Um, you know, and, and, you know, Evan Allwine and Tristan Dietrich, those are two guys that, you know, we, we feel great about coming into it. Um, you know, I know there's been some coverage on, on Tristan and, and Tristan was, you know, a draft pick recently. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, he certainly has plans to, um, you know, to, to continue to show up at FIU. These guys are actually all on FIU's campus right now, um, going to summer school. And so, um, great program for him, but, um, you know, for all intents and purposes, we're certainly counting on, on, on Tristan continuing to show up. Um, you know, we got a couple other Florida guys as well. Um, you know, Andrew Ildefonso is a guy, um, from down here and, and, you know, we got a key West arm as well. Um, you know, and, and so we've got them from, we've got them from all over and, and then the position player side of things, you know, um, you talked about McKenzie a little bit and we've got a, you know, a couple local guys, some Florida guys, um, you know, we got a really talented Miami kid by the name of Sammy Fisher, um, who, you know, who we're very excited about and, um, uh, you know, Chris Wally and, 
Um, you know, we've, we've, we've actually had a, a 24 reclass into a 23 that showed up here now. Tracing Cameron's a very talented two-way player um, for us who can play shortstop and pitch a little bit as well. So, um, you know, we're excited about a lot of these freshmen. And, um, you know, on the position player side, you know, through, through graduation or the portal, we've lost, you know, a lot of our guys. You know, we're losing people like, you know, Alex Sanchi and, and, and Michael Rosario, you know, on the position side who were, you know, huge pieces for us last year. And, um, you know, fun, fun backgrounds and stories in themselves because, you know, you look at Sanchi and, you know, these are guys that started somewhere else to ended up finding a home at FIU and having fantastic careers. You know, Sanchi was, you know, Florida State commit out of high school, went there for a little bit. Um, obviously, was was here before my time, but, you know, had a very nice career at FIU and, and really took a big jump in his in his last year here at FIU uh, and had a fantastic season. Really happy for him. And, you know, Mikey Rosario's got a got a really unique story in his own right. And he was, you know, at a junior college for a couple of years and at the University of Miami for a couple of years and, um, you know, had one year left and, and we got him here at FIU. And he's a guy that, you know, had a fantastic fifth year as well. So, um, you know, we've we've found the right people from the right situations that, that have come in and done a great job. Um, you know, so replacing some guys like that are going to take, you know, some very special players that we have coming in. And, um, you know, on the transfer side, we certainly have that. We've got, uh, you know, a couple of really talented, uh, you know, Juco position player transfer guys, uh, you know, some some Florida guys, um, you know, and, and some people from out of state as well. It's the same to go with the arms. You know, we've gone a little bit all over the country to get some arms. We've got a pair of Iowa kids coming down, um, you know, guy from Maryland, guy from Florida. Um, you know, and so there's, there's a lot of different, you know, different people that'll be, you know, coming down to play for us, and, um, you know, putting together a really, really fun and, and what I feel like is a super talented roster right now. And last yeah. thing I'll mention, uh, Jaquan Smith, who I've seen so far and, uh, he has the speed. He's been really fun to watch, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, definitely exciting class that obviously talk about well the freshmen and definitely, you know, last year, only one true freshman this year, you know, with the full recruiting class, really have the opportunity to really you know develop these young kids you know into the future of this program no question you know i think you know our our, our program will always you know be somewhere for transfers to land i think we're i think we can be a destination school you know i think we're a program that um you know that that the sound of spending the last you know one two or three years of their college career you know getting a great college baseball experience playing in an unbelievable conference being outside 12 months out of the year um, you know, and, and getting and getting a university experience like FIU in Miami, Florida, is going to be something that's always attractive um, on the transfer side. So that's something that'll always be a part of our recruiting classes. But you know, really, when you move ahead to the future, you know, you really think of, when you think about the future of the program, the culture of the program, and what you want your backbone to be, it will be high school players. Um, you know, it will be guys that that you know from the time they're fifteen or sixteen. Um, have relationships with the family, have seen them graduate, have seen them play summer ball, have seen them, you know, come in as a freshman that looks like deer in headlights, um, you know, and slowly watch them figure it out over the course of, of the next couple of years until graduation. And, um, you know, those those are the guys that are fun to see, you know, see go through the system and go through the process, you know. So, um, you know, our, certainly the high school players will, will be huge parts of our program now and forever. Um, you know, yeah, over the last year, we were able to put together, you know, a high school class that, that we're really excited about that, um, you know, can do a little bit of everything. And, and from all over, you know, from 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 Miami to Key West, uh, you know, to Pennsylvania and everywhere in between, it's, it's been a fun group to put together. 
All righty. So I, I do want to ask you about Tristan, because obviously, as you mentioned, he was drafted by the Marlins. Uh, and, and it looked like I think there was an article that came out pretty recently <laughs> right after that. You know, it looked like he was going to stay. Did you talk to him at all right after he got drafted? And what were those conversations like? And, and I assume his decision that he came to was to eventually, you know, not not sign with Miami and, and stay with you guys. Yeah, you know, our, our sport is is so unique in the way that the draft can happen, the rules behind it, coming out of high school, things like that. Um, you know, and, and when we were in the recruiting process with Tristan, we we knew that he was someone who would be a pro prospect, who would most likely have some of these opportunities and decisions to make down the road. And, um, you know, really, I, I think it makes, you know, you have to obviously start to make sure that you have, you know, great relationships with the young man and his family. Um, you know, you want the family and, and the young man to understand, you know, he's going to be taken care of, you know, when he comes to FIU, he's going to be in good hands, he's going to be treated well. Uh, he's going to be coached and he's going to be coached hard. He's going to get developed. And he's going to get a great degree, um, you know, out of this, which is not, you know, that's not unique to any recruiting situation that we go to. But, you know, when you have these conversations with the family, you can start to understand where their priorities are. You know, is their priority the draft? Is their priority, um, you know, a signing bonus or is their priority, you know, showing up to campus, having a great degree, developing to the best player you can possibly be. And then, you know, over time, when you become that 21 or two, 22 year old prospect, maybe the draft is, is, is better timed out for you at that point in time. Um, you know, so we had conversations with Tristan and his family kind of through even, at, you know, obviously, even after he committed, once he was committed was really when we started to have more conversations on the professional side, because um, we knew he would be going through this. He's a talented, he's a talented guy with, you know, a very, very high ceiling. And, and you know, we, we weren't the only ones who we're, we're, we're intrigued by the things he can do on the mound. And, and certainly um, when you see his body, the, 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 you know, his delivery, the athleticism behind it, the low effort behind it, um, you know, and you see a kid with that size and, and being left-handed with, with, with the fastball coming out the way it does, it's, you know, you don't see it a lot. So um, we knew that would be <clears throat> something that, that we obviously wanted to communicate to. And at the end of the day, we don't want to push him or anyone into – making decisions based on our biased, you know, opinions of however we think they need to go about it. All we're looking for is, is to understand what their priorities are. And once we understand what their priorities are as a family, we can then help give advice and be resources and get them in touch with the right people and show them facts, show them statistics, um, you know, behind, you know, who makes it in the professional baseball, you know, where are they coming from? Um, when are they getting drafted? You know, how long are they playing in the game? Are they, you know, if you're drafted in this round, you have this percentage to make it to the big leagues, and then you have another percentage to make it to free agency. Um, you know, one of the things that, that I try and impress on a lot of the, the, the young men that are going through a draft process, especially out of high school, is that I want them to understand that the goal in your baseball career should not be to get drafted. That should not be your end goal. Okay, your end goal should not be to make it to the big leagues. All right. Yeah, that should not be your end goal. Crazy or not, you know, crazy as it seems to hear that, that's not your end goal. I tell guys what their end goal needs to be is to get drafted, make it to the big leagues and come up and sign and agree to a free agent contract that will change their lives and their families' lives um, for, for the rest, of, uh, for the rest of, of their career and for the rest of their life. I said that should be your goal. And whatever your whatever decision you can make that helps 
better get you to that position, not just to get drafted, not just to make it to the big leagues, but to become a big leaguer, you know, to sign a deal that changes your life and your family's life and to become financially secure and a part of the major league baseball industry for, for many, many years to come, that should be your ultimate goal. And so we want to make sure we're providing them with as much information as possible. What's the best way for you to get to that place? You know, is it to sign out of high school for a certain amount of money or is it to go to college and, you know, have a degree on the back, on the, on the, on the back end of things and, you know, make sure that you've developed as much as you possibly can mentally, physically, um, you know, you're mature enough to go into professional baseball because um, you know, it is a very different game and, and one that, you know, I love, I love pro ball. I love everything about it. I want guys to chase their dreams, but um, you know, it is a very different game. There's a very different process behind it. And, um, you know, I think too many times we look up and we say, you know, the goal is to get drafted or the goal is to make it to the big leagues. And I try and encourage them to see the big picture and the goal, uh, you know, should really be to change your life and to change your family's life with an amount of money and a contract and a deal, um, you know, that you are an everyday big leaguer and you've made a career uh, for yourself doing that. Two more things in my end before we wrap up. I want to ask you again about Tristan, just a guy who's coming to you. Uh, he's now going to be a freshman. Just talk to us a little bit about Tristan, the player. Obviously, he was drafted, so he's pretty damn good uh, just coming out of high school. And just where do you see his role with, with the pitching rotation or even the staff? Yeah, you know, I, I think the way that he projects right now, you know, he, he projects as, as someone that can be a starting pitcher. Um, you know, he's someone who he has, he has a, he's a very – he's a 6'4 guy, um, you know, broad shoulders, long arms, long legs, very athletic mover for a left-handed guy of that size. Um, you know, very effortless delivery. The fastball really jumps out of the hand. Um, so he has the ability, uh, you know, to, to hold velocity, to maintain velocity. Um, and can show you three, you know, three above average pitches at any time between his fastball, um, you know, sweep and slider that he has and a nice changeup. So, um, you know, when you project that on paper, that's got starting pitcher written all over it. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, he, you know, he, it, that's projection right now. And so you have to, you know, obviously make sure that we are producing, you know, at the same time. And um, that'll be our job as coaches to make sure he's getting put in a good situation and getting coached. Um, that he's competing for opportunities like I know he will. Um, he's a very competitive guy. Everything that he's going to have coming to him, he's going to want to earn it. You know, I know that about him. And so, um, you know, it's impossible not to think of him as a, as a frontline starting guy. Um, you know, but what we'll always do is make sure that, you know, a lot of times, you know, players decide for themselves the roles that they're going to be in. You know, if, if he shows us that he can be that type of guy, then, then, then we're going to give him the opportunity to be that type of guy. Um, you know, and we certainly hope that'll be the case for him. And then my final question is, I, I want to ask you about Kevin Martin and Ruben Carpio. Those guys were honored, but they weren't seniors. Just if you have any information on them and, you know, if they're there, there may be a possibility that they do return to the team. <clears throat> yeah. Sorry. Could uh, those two guys again, who are they? I'm sorry. Carpio and um, Kevin Martin. Yeah. Uh, Kmart's coming back. Um, he's already into, he's already signed up and been accepted into a grad program here. Um, and actually, you know, the same with, uh, with Ryan Kabarkas. I know, you know, there's still, you know, free agent signings, possibilities, things yeah. like that. But, um, you know, Kmart and Kabarkas are, are currently, you know, signed up to start their grad degree. Um, we're super excited to have them back. I think Ruben, um, you know, he graduated, got his degree. I think he's, he's in a place where he's going to move on to the professional, um, you know, side of life and, and, and go down that route, which, of course, we support, you know, these guys in doing that. But, um, yeah, right now, uh, K Kmart is someone that we're certainly, you know, looking forward to coming yeah. back. 
Yeah, it was a big part of your team, especially just entering relief roles whenever you have to start. So. Yeah, yeah. He, 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 yeah, he had a great back third of the season, man. Yeah. Like, he did a great job starting for us, you know, really, really had some huge outings. Um, and what's been fun to see that a lot of people probably don't know about is, is, is he carried that right into summer ball. I mean, if you go look at his summer numbers right now in the Appy League, I mean, he 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 was fantastic. He's been lights out, uh, you know, through another 23 or 25 innings this summer and had a lot of really quality outings for, um, you know, that summer team that he was a part of in the Appalachian League in Southern Virginia. So um, it was really great to see him, you know, carry that momentum into the summertime of, uh, and, and build off that success he had in the back part of spring because um, he had a great he had a great finish to the season and, and looking for for another big year out of him. Yeah. Anything on your yeah. end, Jake, before we wrap up? Yeah, I just want to say, Coach, again, thanks so much for spending some time with us, talking a bit of baseball. And um, uh, this last question, I'm, I'm actually going to leave this leave this to you. I'll, I will give you the floor. If you have anything you'd like to say to, uh, to, to the fans, the alumni, the players, anything about what to expect for, for 2020, for the next season and beyond, now would be the time. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, guys. Um, it's been a lot of fun. I, I love opportunities like this to, um, you know, have relaxed, long-ended conversations, you know, about our program, about our players, and, and dive into it because, um, you know, I'm, I'm so blessed as a coach. I, I love this game. Um, you know, I'm a teacher at heart, so I get to teach this game. I get to be around our guys, and I get to lead this program um, every single day. And, and just nothing, nothing, you know, is, is better than, than getting up every day and, and, and having the opportunity to do that. But um, you know, when it comes to fans, when it comes to supporters, alumni, you know, boosters, donors everywhere, um, you know, all throughout the country in South Florida and, and, and anywhere in the world that we could be, um, is that what I'll tell you is that we need you. You know, we need we need your support. We need you to show up at the stadium. You know, we, we need any financial assistance that we can get. College baseball is is more popular than ever. It's on TV more than ever. There's more fans at games than ever. There's more financial commitment to the to the sport than ever before. Um, and, and, you know, for us to keep up, that's a huge part of, of the support and the fans and the people in the community here um, and all the FIU alumni, people that love this university, people that love this program. Is, um, you know, your support continues to make our program better, and we're going to give it everything we have every single day as coaches. Um, our players will do exactly the same. And, um, you know, to continue to push our program forward, you guys are as big a part of anything that we do on the field, um, you know, because your support – it's huge to us, and it's it's a very fun time to be a part of our college baseball game. I know the College World Series just had the highest viewership that I think it's ever had. You know, every single regional is broadcasted, conference tournaments are broadcasted, um, so it's a very exciting time to be a part of our game. And um, you know, your support along with what we're doing on the field and what our players are doing, it all goes together with pushing the program forward. So we support you know everything that we can. Um, you know, get, get help from, from you guys is, is huge, crucial and, and very appreciated. Once again, coach, thank you for joining us here. And, uh, I think this is where we're going to wrap it up. So from Jake, from coach and myself, we'll see you guys all next week. So pause up. <laughs>